When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up. Get your sorry ass up. Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. I ain't never seen, I ain't never seen you before, huh? Man, go tell the coach you need some help. We gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. We welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning, at Sports Fanatic MB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo. Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. And we've got another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast coming at you guys here in just a minute. Today we're going to be talking about free agent quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, Free agency starts here in just 13 days. Uh, So me and Matthew Fox, who you can follow at Nighthawk7734, We'll be talking about that here in just a minute. He is ready to go. Uh, Tony is not with us today. He's got some other stuff going on with his uh, podcast, Huddle Up. Again, be sure to check that out as it is an awesome podcast. It is a really good job of giving you guys a lot of NFL news and asking some very interesting questions. Uh, I believe today's episode, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I saw him post it. has stuff something to do with who would you rather have as a Tennessee Titan running back. So check that out. Matt's ready to go, so we're going to pop him on here and talk about the free agent quarterbacks and tight ends. Hello! And we've got Mr. Matthew Fox with us here today. You can follow him on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. We're going to be talking about some of the free agency stuff that we've got just we are just 13 days away. From the start of free agency, Matt, how you doing on this beautiful Thursday afternoon? Doing pretty good. It's uh, been nice weather here uh, this week. For once, it's supposed to be mid to upper 60s for the weekend, so starting to 
kind of finally feel like spring, getting ready to see some free agency football, getting closer to the draft. You know, it feels like we're coming out of those sad winter doldrums at least uh, for a week or two until Colorado gets blizzards into June. <laughs> you know, I actually know that that's true. I, I don't know if we've – if I've ever talked about it. I know I talked about it on here. At least I think I talked about it on here. But I know uh, ooh, it had been four or five years ago now because uh, my oldest son was only a couple years old maybe. Uh, we actually went up to visit my parents who live in Colorado Springs, uh, and we went up the weekend of the NFL draft. We flew up that Friday morning. We took like a 6 yeah. o'clock flight out. And we showed up there, and it was snowing in Denver, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it wasn't anything bad. And, you know, obviously you know Colorado – or Denver and Colorado Springs yeah. are pretty far away from each other. And as we uh, drove toward Colorado Springs, it just got turned into a blizzard, and then it turned into a whiteout. And, I mean, I couldn't see more than five feet in front of me. And so uh, the entire weekend we were up there, we pretty much spent it inside because we couldn't go do anything. So, yeah, it's – you are not joking when you say that uh, you yeah, could be expecting blizzards. Yeah, the, uh, snow, the snowiest months for Colorado are usually March and April, but um, they always tell people, you know, we we get this every year, and, and every year about this time, you know, I want to go lay on the sidewalk, and I forget uh, for a moment where I live because we get this. <laughs> they actually have a name for it. They call it false spring. Uh-huh. You know, for like a week or two, you drop out of the snow and you're like, hey, it's getting nicer. Sometimes the trees start to bloom a little bit and then, you know, you get pounded for a while. Usually they tell people don't even think about working in your yard or planting until after Mother's Day. I tell people Father's Day is probably a better Jeez. better bet because I remember a couple of years ago, my wife had to go for a teacher work day on the first day of summer vacation for kids. Uh-huh. You got 10 inch, 10 inches of snow. It was like Damn. May 25th or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, most of the time when June rolls around for us, we're just hoping it's not going to be like 110 outside. So um, I, I don't know which way. I probably, you know, if I'm being honest, I'd rather say I'd be hoping for snow right around now than, than 110 because I can get warm. It's really hard to get cold when it's that hot outside. But anyways, we yeah. are um, heading into what could be a very hot free agency there. Beautiful transition as we've got a whole bunch of quarterbacks here that uh, are t- technically going to be without jobs here. We, we talked a little bit uh, about a couple of them on Monday. Uh, obviously, one of the guys here we have at the top of the list is Drew Brees, and we know, or I guess we don't know for certain that he's going back to New Orleans, but I would say it's like 99.9% sure yeah, that he, he's going to be back in New Orleans, so we can take him off of our list. The next guy up is the guy everybody and their mothers have been talking about, and that is Tom Brady. Obviously, there's a lot of fans who still believe he's going to go back to New England. It seems like there's a a very high group that thinks that he's going to go to Tennessee, including, uh, I believe it was Rob Ninkovich said on one of the ESPN shows the other day that he would, if he had to put an uncomfortable amount of money on it, he would bet Tennessee is... uh, the new spot for Brady. It does seem with all of the interviews and things that he said here recently, to me, it really looks like he is not going to be back in new England. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we talked about this, I don't know, like a month ago, I think we went through this. Yeah. List. I was a hundred percent that he was going back to new England. Since then, some things have come out, you know, about how, I mean, we sensed, I think, as fans last year, something wasn't right in their organization, probably for a couple of years. You know, I think it was not last season, but the season before that Belichick kind of threw Brady's personal trainer out. Yeah. 
of uh, out of the complex and last year it just didn't feel like you know the same old uh relationship but definitely with everything that he's done since then going off it seems like it's it's pretty clear that he's ready to move on somewhere so i you know we've had those reports recently that you know it would be unlikely that he returns i don't think you can ever say never to yeah. this uh, you know and obviously there's still some strong relationships there but you know he sold his house he seems at peace with moving on i still think there probably is a piece of both brady and belichick that want to be able to win without the other one i agree as kind of a hey i didn't need you so uh, you know i think i think it is leaning more towards him not returning uh, new england's certain new england isn't what they were in years past last year either it's not like he's leaving a loaded super bowl ready team yeah they were kind of a uh, a hollow seven or eight no last year and we really saw down the stretch struggling mightily at times and in the playoffs you saw that too and you know we haven't heard great plans about how they would repair the very obvious you know they had problems on their line they couldn't get their running game going their receiving core has some questions defensively they had some questions toward the end of the season um so i mean it's not like he's rolling off of a team that's completely loaded and set to dominate and rolling you know to something else i think there were plenty enough questions uh, along with all the other factors that it really does seem like he's going to go now yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think, too. I mean, obviously, for all of us, the entire time he's been in the league, he's been a New England Patriot. I mean, my entire, I would say almost, you know, my entire childhood and adulthood, he, he's been there. It, it's It's been ridiculous. He, he's, it's going to be interesting, I guess, if he ends up leaving. Because I, I agree with you with what you said, that I do think there is a part of both of them that wants to go or kind of separate from each other and prove that, you know, Brady wants to prove he can win without being in Belichick's system. And Belichick wants to prove he can win without Brady being his quarterback. Now, Belichick's already kind of done that. Uh, obviously, with uh, Matt Castle, when they went, I think it was 11-5, and and they ended up missing the playoffs, which was just a weird year. Uh, there's a couple other times that Brady's been not out uh, like as long as he was with Castle, but out with stuff. Had you know Jimmy Garoppolo in for a couple times, and that's actually where I would say I think the the relationship fractured. I want to say it was Seth Wickersham, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, did that piece on the Patriots a couple years ago. I think it was the year that they won the Super Bowl with the Rams or against the Rams, where he. Uh, they had traded away Jimmy Garoppolo either the season before that or during that season. It was like one of the last-minute trades that came through. All the reporting was that Bill Belichick just picked up the phone and called the 49ers and said, hey, you can have Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick. He didn't you know, didn't try and trade him to anybody else to, you know, because there was all the reports I remember. It would have been the year that Baker came out. So, yeah, a couple years ago because I remember all the, the talk was the, that the Browns had wanted Jimmy G and that they would have given up their multiple first-round picks to get him. But Bill didn't shop him. He was just right to the San Francisco 49ers because he supposedly respected and liked Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And a lot of people say that back then that was more of a Robert Kraft kind of forcing that on Bill Belichick move because Bill did not want to get rid of Jimmy G. Uh, he felt like he was going to be the successor to Brady, but obviously we've seen it all over the place. Many times Robert Kraft kind of views Tom Brady as a son. They have a father-son relationship. So I think that's going to be the biggest part is, is can Brady kind of tell Mr. Kraft that he's leaving? Because I do think that he's – 
Going to probably talk to them at least once throughout this process before he decides to leave. I'm with you, though. I, I think it's more he's going to leave. I've been on the train the whole time that I thought he was going to leave uh, just because of stuff he said in the past, too, of uh, – I want to say it was last off season where uh, he was doing an interview for like a town hall thing or something, and they asked him, "Do you feel that you're respected by the Patriots?" and and he said, "I plead the fifth. And I mean, that's not a great answer to give. Yeah, and um, on on NFL Radio this morning, um, they had Albert Breer on, and he was talking about how um, what really made Brady feel disrespected was not the the dollars; it's when they were looking at the contract. Um, trying to get something done before last year, and the Patriots refused to agree to uh, multiple years. Um, that he basically felt like that was them saying, hey, you're fine, but we need to leave our options open. We're not sure we want you. It's kind of uncharted territory. Yeah. And that his feeling of having given 20 years to this organization, making an organization that's much more a household name and much more valuable now in large part because of my contributions and you saying you're, you're not willing to bet on keeping me until I want to retire, that that was what he bristled at. And that actually made good sense to me because it, Brady, if you look at his career, he's never been, I need to be the highest paid yep. player. It's about money. And, but, uh, you know, so I think that's what makes the most sense. Yeah, no, I agree with that that statement 100%. I mean, you go back to what you were just talking about with that contract. Go back to the beginning of last year. I think it was in the offseason. Uh, I remember a reporter was asking Brady about that. He was saying, hey, you know, like, do you think you deserve a new contract? And he's like, I don't know. What do you think? I kind of think I deserve a new contract. I mean, and, and I, I think that you are 100% right with that and, and uh, what Mr. Breer said there because I, I would not be surprised. I mean, it's part of – you know, part about being a human being, everybody kind of, I think, overlooks that part of it. But what you just said, the Patriots, a lot of people may not remember, realize this. The Patriots were nothing for the most part. I mean, they were not a good franchise. And, and Brady, and you have to give it to Belichick as well, obviously, because he's been there the whole time as well. Uh, but they've won six Super Bowls in their time together. That's kind of unheard of. I would say not even kind of. It's unheard of. You, you just don't see this kind of stability for as long as it is and I agree with you I mean I think at this point Brady's like look I've done everything I have I, I feel like you know I would imagine he's sitting there like I feel like I deserve to be here as long as I want to be able to retire as a Patriot and you're right he has never been the highest paid quarterback it's kind of one of the feathers in his cap is that he's always taking less money so that the Patriots can build a better team around him and then I think it's also fair to say that really the past couple years they've kind of failed to do that I mean they they did for the most part I want to say this year they at least tried. I mean, we have to. We can't forget that they did have Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon at the beginning of the season. Obviously, it didn't work out as neither yeah. one of them stayed on the team due to stuff that happened off the field, though. And then that's the kind of risk you take when you bring in players like that. But they were obviously talented. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people – I've noticed a lot of people saying, well, you know, Brady hasn't had the weapons this year. I mean, they did bring guys in like that to try and give him the weapons. It well, just they didn't tried work to out. draft too. I mean, we forget yeah. now. Nikhil Harry it uh, didn't well, totally like work Harry. out because of injuries and adjustments. But I mean, they tried to get uh, some pieces. You were never going to replace Rob Gronkowski, yeah. who was a very dynamic and different kind <laughs> of player at that position. I think for him, what I would have been more irritated was they had. Uh, quite a few people leave uh, through free agency on the line offensive line i don't think they totally replaced and then they had some big injuries yeah i think that's why they couldn't run for crap 
and that you know it it felt like watching you know maybe early 2000s patriots offense where it was like brady and a bunch of people who played once for the university of florida and trying to wonder how they possibly are scoring any of these points they had almost regressed back to that level on the offense and i think that probably chafed him a little bit too it impacts him directly that they can't protect and they can't do what they need to do all right, so now that we've, we, I feel like, given a very extensive breakdown of Tom Brady's history, at least the past couple of years, yeah. uh, I do think what you just mentioned right there is a key for him moving forward, his offensive line. I, I do think that he's going to want to go somewhere that has a good offensive line, uh, someone that can protect him. And I've got a, the list that I have here. I'm just going to read off the list of QB needy teams so that everybody can get an idea of where, or at least my head is at with these, and then we'll kind of talk about where we think he's going to go. Obviously, if he leaves New England, New England's going to need a quarterback. You're looking at Miami, Cincinnati, Tennessee. I think Indianapolis. Uh, I do think Oakland is looking for one. Uh, whether or not Derek Carr will be there, I don't know for sure, but I do think they're looking for a quarterback. The Chargers. Um, Dallas, Minnesota, Chicago, and Detroit, I think, are all on the bubble, as well as Carolina. And then, obviously, Tampa Bay is looking for a quarterback with Winston testing free agency. So, out of all those teams, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Tennessee is kind of the hot-button team that everybody's talking about. Is is Tennessee the team for you, or do you see him possibly going to a different team? Because I've also seen him linked uh, a lot to Indianapolis. I feel like that's a little bit far-fetched, but they do have probably the best offensive line out of everybody on this group, outside of maybe Dallas. Uh, and I do think that, again, outside of Dallas, they probably have a sneaky good group of uh, offensive weapons, wide receivers and running backs in Indianapolis. But I personally think just maybe stupid to say, but because of what Peyton built there, I kind of feel like it's a stretch for Brady to go to Indy. So what are your thoughts on where Brady might go with him leaving New England, or us thinking he's leaving New England? I think if I had to bet, I would say Tennessee. Um, that seems most likely they have a – a pretty decent setup there. They have a great uh, running game. You figure they're going to franchise Derrick Henry uh, if they can't get a deal. They have a pretty good offensive line. They have a coach that he's going to like and be familiar with and Mike Vrabel. Um, the most interesting suggestion the last few days to me is San Francisco because yeah, I've seen that would that be stuff. fascinating. It makes you wonder if San Francisco, if their coaches like Nick Mullins and think that eventually he could be the future and you put a Brady in there for one or two years and get out from under Garoppolo. And I think if they make that move, I 100% think Garoppolo goes back to New England and it's going to be a fascinating thing of seeing if Brady wins with a good team in his hometown away from Bill and if Bill can win with the guy that you know that was probably the beginning of that rift a little bit I don't think Bill wanted to deal Garoppolo I think that was a power play Brady managed with ownership Um, and it would be real interesting um, if that happens that I'm not saying I think that's likely because I think that's stupid for San Francisco for a few reasons but Tennessee feels probably like the, of the open ones most likely because there is no incumbent that he really has to displace as much as we all like what Tannehill did. He was there for half a season. He's not somebody they drafted. He's not something they're heavily invested in. And obviously they're ready to move on from Mariota. So that would be one of the few places where you don't have to have a, you know, like when Peyton came to Denver immediately, it was, okay, what's Denver going to do with Tebow? You know, I, I've seen that situation. You have to get rid of 
whoever's there, even if you didn't think they were the right fit to carry you on, the person you get is you can't have somebody who was the starter. So, you know, if he goes to Indy, Jacoby Brissett's going to, they're going to have to move him somewhere because there's no way that that's going to work real well. You know, what if Brady comes out and has two crappy games? What's, what's going on with the fan base? You can't bring him to Las Vegas for the Raiders and keep Derek Carr, in my opinion, then you have to try to do something with Carr because that, that just becomes a mess. Tennessee is a place where nobody's really under contract. So you could make that work. If he's going to San Francisco, it's because they already have made up their mind that they're, they're giving Jimmy the boot. Oh man. I really don't want to go down the rabbit hole. That is the San Francisco 49ers here. Um, I feel we've already we've already spent what feels like an hour on Tom Brady here. I, I'll give my real quick, and then I, I have to dive into San Francisco just because it's crazy. But I actually don't think it's a a wild shot that it happens. Uh, I'm with you. Tennessee does feel like the logical fit. Um, another team that I know. Uh, I want to say it was someone on the Athletic brought it up, and I can't remember who it is. Uh, I do think Tampa Bay would be an interesting spot. I feel like we've talked about that a little bit. Obviously, the weapons they have with the great tight end, wide receivers. You know, they do need to get a running back. Well, guess what? This draft class has got quite a few really good running backs if you don't believe in Ronald Jones. Again, that defense was much better than people think it was, uh, especially when you look at the statistics and how many points they did not give up off of James Winston's turnovers. Uh, But I do think Tampa Bay's a little bit of a long shot. San Francisco would be interesting, and I think a a lot of people are making those links because obviously Tom Brady grew up a 49ers fan. He grew up watching Steve Young. Uh, Not Steve Young. Um, Who was it? I just – my goodness. I can't remember who he's a a fan of now. Who came before Steve Young? Why can I not think of his name now? My mind has gone completely blank. Uh, Joe Montana. There we go. Okay, so anyways, but he's a huge 49ers fan. And so obviously, what I mentioned it earlier, you just mentioned that there again, Bill Belichick did not want to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. So would it be really that crazy if the 49ers turn around? and Because and, we all know that there's probably been some backdoor talking already. You know, you're not supposed to be talking to free agents. I'm sure some teams have reached out and talked to Brady's agent here or there, talked to Brady to kind of get an idea of what he's thinking. Would it be that crazy if all of a sudden the 49ers traded Jimmy G back to the Patriots for, say, just a first-round pick or a second-round pick, sign Brady? Because the other thing I'll say is you're right. I don't think Nick Mullins is going to be – I don't think Nick Mullins is the future. But there's still a couple quarterbacks they're talking about going in the second round of this draft. You're telling me that if Kyle Shanahan can't get a guy that he thinks might be good and then coach them up for a couple years to run his offense because – The one thing I will say is Jimmy G was not that spectacular either, and yet he took him to the Super Bowl because of the defense in that running game, and that's what Kyle Shanahan prides himself on is that running game. So if he can get a good running game and then a quarterback who's just not going to turn the ball over and can make a throw, because I think that's the one thing everybody keeps overlooking is, yeah, you're right, Tom Brady, you know, they're not expecting Tom Brady to come in there and throw the ball 45 times, but you know what Tom Brady likely would have done on that last play? Hit Emmanuel Sanders in stride for a touchdown, and the 49ers win the Super Bowl if Brady was there. So I I don't think it's far-fetched, but I honestly don't think it happens. I don't know if you can say both those at the same time, but I think would that, that would put the entire NFL and I think fantasy world on their heads, would it not, if that happens, if Jimmy G goes back to New England yeah. and Brady ends up in San Fran? Yeah, well, and honestly, I have my own personal questions about whether 
everything we saw in 2019 from Tom Brady was a reflection of the team or a reflection. You know, we've not yeah. seen a quarterback playing at his level at his age going forward, you know, aside from, from Breeze, you know, is not that far behind him and obviously play seem to be playing at a pretty high level when he's been in there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's is Brady going to be that much better than Jimmy G was? I mean, Jimmy G was was decent during the season going back and forth. They didn't ask him to throw a lot in those early playoff games. And, you know, the Super Bowl was the Super Bowl. I, I It feels like if they're dumping him, that is a gross overreaction to a game that didn't go your way, that you were oh, leading I, in the fourth quarter. I agree with you, but but the other thing I will say is how much did the 49ers really want him is the other question because they were kind of in quarterback purgatory to begin with and then he just kind of fell in their lap. And if you look at it, you know, I, something I noticed when we were doing this stuff, and again, a lot of people were talking about possibly this trade happening, is Jimmy G's contract is extremely quarterback friendly, which I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Like, it's one of those contracts that – when, I remember when they signed it, everybody was like, holy crap, they're paying this quarterback this much after really only five good games? And yet, when you look at it now, it's an extremely friendly contract for an NFL team, and there's a way for them to get out of it if they want to. So, I, I just don't know. It, it's it's not like they, they you know they traded up and, and drafted Jimmy G, and he's been the guy the whole time. He did kind of fall in their lap. So, I, I don't know if it's a, you know, I don't know if it's them kind of turning their back on him or maybe like a gross, uh, you know, overreaction to what happened because I do think a lot of times too is earlier in the playoffs he was throwing the ball but it seemed like every time he threw an interception all of a sudden they just dialed it back and like all right you're just gonna hand you're just handing the ball off the rest of the game because we can't we don't want you to lose the game for us and I just don't think Tom Brady would do that I'm not trying to say that I think if Tom came in there he would be better than Jimmy G I just think he would be smarter about some of the things he would do and I don't think he'd turn the ball over the way Jimmy G would and with that defense and that running game that's kind of all you have to do is be a game manager to win games and I, I think Tom could do that right now again I'm I'm with you I think it's it's far-fetched for us to really think that's going to happen I mean I there would be way too many things I think would have to go down for for that to happen uh but it is kind of fun to talk about I guess so we both think that probably Tennessee is the likely landing spot, which then likely means we already know Mariota's out. Uh, you don't think – I'll, I'll go first. I don't think Mariota lands anywhere as a starter. I think probably his best shot is going to a place like Chicago where he can compete with Mitch and maybe if Mitch struggles, have do the same thing that happened to him this year and kind of take over and maybe see if he can revitalize his career a little bit by, by doing good in Chicago. Uh, but outside of that, I think for the best – for the most part, he probably goes somewhere and is a backup. Do you agree with that, or do you think Mariota has a shot to be a starter? I think Mariota is probably going somewhere to be a backup yeah. for now. Um, you know, maybe because, you know, or maybe somewhere where they don't have a lot of confidence. Mariota's actually a guy I'd be interested to see him go to Indy because I don't think Jacoby Brissett was that bad and they had a lot of injuries, but I think that's a place where you add a veteran that needs another chance and either you have a good solid backup to cover for injuries, uh, which seem to happen a lot, or you end up uh, with the, with kind of what happened with Tannehill and Mariota where 
you wanted to make sure you were set in case there was a problem and you found somebody you liked better. That's kind of the situation where I think I don't think anyone's looking at Marcus <coughs> Mariota right now and saying that's the guy I'm going to take and give a shot to. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So that then leads us to Ryan Tannehill. If if Brady goes to Tennessee, I kind of feel like Tannehill falls in that same boat. I know he played really good at the end of the the regular season last year, uh, but I, in my opinion, he was not that good in the playoffs. He already kind of has the the moniker or the tag on him that he's he's not that good of a starter. So what do you think happens to him if Brady go? If Brady goes there, I guess let's go both scenarios. If Brady goes to Tennessee. What do you think happens to Tannehill? And then obviously I'd imagine we're both in the same boat that if he doesn't, he likely comes back to Tennessee and is the starter. Yeah, I think I think they would be fine having him back and he would have a chance to start there. Um, he's, one, uh, he's one of two guys I think would possibly be interesting that get added to Chicago. Um, either he or Andy Dalton I could see ending up in Chicago because I don't think they're totally sold on Mitch Trubisky and Tannehill could end up very much in Chicago having the exact same situation that he just had in Tennessee where Trubisky starts and then they're like, no, I can't take this anymore. Um, And that's actually one of the reasons I think you know, if Tannehill ends up staying in Tennessee, that I think that would be an ideal kind of place where Dalton ends up getting traded because you figure he's pretty much not staying in Cincinnati. They won't keep him to back up uh, yeah. Joe Burrow. I think they need that. to get a veteran behind Burrow, but I see a guy like a Case Keenum possibly going to Cincinnati to back up Burrow, somebody who's not really a threat to him being a day one starter but somebody who's a veteran uh, that would be behind him i think it's too hard with uh, with a an andy dalton type uh but dalton and Tannehill are two guys i think would fit perfectly in kind of what chicago's wanting to do because i don't feel like chicago is ready to just cut bait with trubisky but i think they really want to push him um bridgewater's another possibility although i think he's really angling for a starting spot somewhere yeah uh, I'll, I'll touch on the dalton thing really quick uh i actually heard an interview uh the i can't remember what the name of the guy is he's the the player personnel the head of the player personnel for the Bengals. uh he gave an interview at the combine uh, last weekend pretty much saying that yes that they're moving on from dalton they've actually gotten with him uh, and talked with him, and they're going to allow him to kind of pick where he goes. They're going to try and trade him uh, to a team that he wants to go to. They're trying to work out a trade that works out for both of them, was what he said. That uh, they they want to be respectful of him for everything he's done for them in that franchise. They don't want to just send him somewhere he doesn't want to go. So it may take a little bit longer than most trades do, but that they're work, going to work with him to kind of find a good landing spot for him. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I don't think there's any shot Dalton lands uh, – or stays with Cincinnati, he is going to be gone. Bridgewater is an interesting one because a lot of people, a lot of people are kind of linking him to teams like the Chargers or maybe even Tampa Bay. But uh, Tampa Bay, to me, seems like the smarter decision for him because I feel like they're too far back in the draft to get a quarterback, and I don't know if they want to trade up to get one. But at the same time, I'm not sure that he fits really in Bruce Arians' offense. And I know he he ran, uh, my goodness, I wanted to call him Drew Brees, Sean Payton's offense uh, in New Orleans, but they did for the most part kind of go a little bit more run-heavy at times. Uh, and I just don't know if he's got the arm 
to to kind of get it down the field the way Arians wants it. What do you think of, of Bridgewater? Like, what what are kind of your thoughts on him? Because he's the one that I'm really confused on. Because I just, if he goes to Los Angeles, yeah. I mean, it might be good for Los Angeles because then that means they can draft a a really good either defensive or offensive player early in the draft instead of going quarterback. But it really seems like everybody is sold on him being or the Chargers drafting the quarterback at six in the draft this year. Well, I think that's what the the Chargers want to do. They want that next face of the franchise. And I don't think, you know, Bridgewater, if Bridgewater was willing to go somewhere and be like what he was in New Orleans uh, as a top backup, I think the market for him would be huge. There'd be a bunch of teams that want him. I don't, you know, I think he's fine as a spot starter. If you needed a starter, you could, you could test that. I don't think he did enough for me to say that he's a guy that's going out there. He didn't even do as much for me as like a Tannehill, uh, you know, what we saw in Tannehill. And I think that's what's making it hard to gauge where he's going to go. It feels like he is setting himself up that he wants to go somewhere and be the guy and get being the guy money i think the market won't be there for him and then it'll be interesting to see uh where he kind of shakes out from there la i think they definitely want to take a young quarterback as the face of the franchise and they are content to roll with tyrod taylor as their kind of veteran presence uh to start the season i think it's going to be very similar to what we saw with baker mayfield in cleveland that right. they're they're content. Tyrod Taylor has one year left on that contract. They're looking at him as being fine. He knows the system. He works well with their coach. I don't think they're looking for a veteran like that. People want to put things in there. And you know, if somebody like a Tom Brady said he was going to come there, sure they'd jump on that. But I think they're content in their situation. They were content to walk away from Rivers. Yeah. I don't think they were content to walk away from Rivers so that they could get a Teddy Bridgewater. What about Indy? Would you rather have Teddy Bridgewater or Jacoby Brissett? So I think that would be an interesting place uh, for you know a Bridgewater to go, um, a Tannehill to go, uh, a Mariota to go. Mm-hmm. You know, but the the question still for me, it's completely with Teddy Bridgewater. The question for me is, what kind of role and what kind of money is he willing to accept? Because I don't see, I don't think Indy is so out on Jacoby Brissett that they want to go splash out big money. And if they did, it wouldn't be on Teddy Bridgewater. Right. I think he would be a perfect guy to add, and you have a little bit of a competition and say, hey, Jacoby, what you've done has been fine, but we didn't have the season. Where I, There's another team where I have a hard time saying that everything that went wrong for the Colts is laid on the feet of Jacoby Bridgewater. Oh, or, uh, J- Jacoby Brissett. Who was he throwing to at the end of the season? Marlon Mack was beat up at the end of the season. They had defensive injuries at the end of the season. It was a whole lot, and they spent an entire offseason, an entire training camp, an entire pretty much preseason setting up for a different kind of a season than what they ended up having at the last minute. So, you know, there are a lot of people that, that want to throw Jacoby Brissett under the bus. I'm not one of them. I wouldn't have a problem bringing in a Bridgewater at a moderate deal and having two guys. I don't think that ever hurts you in that kind of a situation, but I just, 
I think that's where you're struggling figuring out a good fit for Bridgewater and where I hesitate about where he's going to go is it feels like what we're hearing about what Bridgewater wants is not lining up to what we think his market and his opportunities are going to be. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's insane to look at this list because there's so many teams that – for the most part, could be quarterback needy, but then you can erase a bunch of these teams based on what we think they're going to do in the draft. And all of a sudden, that really... And that's the worst part about it, too, is that free agency comes first. So then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, you know, if Miami passes on all these quarterbacks and they just are going to go with the young quarterback, same with the Chargers. Like, you don't know what you're going to get, so it's it's really hard to tell because we haven't even gotten to, you know, a Phillip Rivers or a Jameis Winston, and all of a sudden, it's really like... There's really only a couple teams that I could see these guys landing at, and it's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm kind of with you on Bridgewater. The only yeah. reason I brought up Indy uh, was because they're one of the teams with the most cap space. So I feel like if they wanted to pay yeah. anybody, any one of these quarterbacks to come there, they could do it, and it's really it's going to be kind of a drop in the bucket for them. Like They've done a really good job the past couple seasons signing some good contracts that were not really big cap hits and everything, so they have a lot of cap room to mess with. Uh, so that's kind of why I brought them up. Uh, another guy that's But that's being... why, I mean, I could see them them taking Bridgewater on a friendly deal or taking Tannehill on a, on a friendly deal. I don't think they're afraid to bring in somebody to have some competition. Right. I just don't think they feel a pressure to pay franchise quarterback money to get one of those guys. And that's honestly why I think in this early free agency period, we'll probably see Breeze re-up. We'll figure out where Brady's going to go. We'll probably see Riverside. But there's a whole group of those quarterbacks that, depending on on where those dominoes fall, we may not actually see them sign anywhere until post-draft uh-huh. because those teams that don't want to go splash money out on them now, depending on how the draft chips fall, might circle back to it afterward well you just brought up the guy that i wanted to to make uh, or talk about next because he also has some connections to indy with knowing the offensive coordinator for a long time and that is philip rivers so where do you where do you see rivers going you said you think he might be one of the first guys to sign where is it you think he signs and is he going there to be a starter because again indy has been the team that's been linked to him the most uh some people have been saying yeah. tampa bay and miami but i think a lot of that is just because he moved his family to florida i don't think yeah there's a realistic shot he goes to either one of those, in my opinion. Unless he's going, the only way I could see him going to Miami, and it doesn't make sense to me because they have Ryan Fitzpatrick already signed for one more year, would be if they really know that they're going to get Tua at five or they're going to trade up and get Tua yeah. and they want someone who can kind of play for a year while he redshirts. I I basically think Miami's completely out. I think they're going to try to get a quarterback in the draft. They're going to take somebody high up in the draft that can be yeah. a development. I think they're perfectly fine running with Fitzpatrick. They are approaching uh, the rebuild almost the way a dynasty team approaches a rebuild, saying, hey, we know we're, we're gutting, we're trading a lot of our big players, but we have heart. We want to build our franchise the right way. I, I actually think they, they aren't panicking and they aren't looking to get any of these free agent quarterbacks because they don't want to just throw money away that way. Mm-hmm. Rivers is one of the guys I could see. You know, you mentioned Indy does have that cap space. If they were going to spend big on a quarterback, I think it's a Tom Brady or a Phillip Rivers, somebody that that's older. You get on a short-term deal. You try to win now. Um, because, you know, most of us thought with Andrew Luck, 
and and the pieces that were in place they had a team that was built to compete and yeah. to possibly be a title contender so you do that because you think you're still in your win now window and you can upgrade on Brissette. I could see, you know, I can see Rivers getting a a a big lucrative deal for a couple of years. I just don't see that same thing for Bridgewater. The other place, I I know you don't think Tampa's a fit, but I could see Tampa Bay saying, "We signed Philip Rivers. We we're in the playoffs." Well, because see, they were 7 and 9, they they were close enough and I think with Arians you know, I, I think if you've got Arians as your coach, you're not thinking about what, what he's going to be coaching five years from now because I right. don't think he's a guy that's planning on being there for the long term. He does, He wants to get in, try to turn something around, make a run like he did in Arizona, and then after a while it's, you know, it's time to move on. Well, so I, I could see that scenario. Well, the only reason I brought that up is because you and Dennis shot me down on that like a, a month ago when we brought this up. Now, in fairness, everybody kind of thought Winston was staying at this point in time. But I, I brought up the fact that I thought he could be a good fit in Tampa Bay uh, when he moved his family yeah. there because I thought he'd be a little bit smarter with the ball. And then you guys want to throw my face on turnovers that he's well, had the past couple of years. So that's kind of why I was like, maybe he's not going there. My big thing was at the time a, co- a month or so ago yeah it was a month so yeah. i thought i thought brady was staying rivers is another by the way sneaky if if brady goes and goes to tennessee i could see rivers being the guy that uh, that bill bill latches oh, onto man. Uh, for a short run uh, but you know at that time i thought Newton was done, and I thought the idea that Rivers possibly being kind of the the veteran bridge in North Carolina where he went to college yeah. made some sense to me. But it seems pretty set right now that uh, they've decided they're going to go with Newton because they don't want to release him. The trade value isn't going to be there, and obviously they're going to they're going to see if they can rehab him a guy who was a face of the franchise so it seems like carolina has made their decision um so to me that's why now you got to start looking at if that's off the table that was the one that i thought it it made a lot of sense and i could have seen it happening uh-huh. uh and we've also seen since then a lot of actual words from tampa bay people kind of saying kind of giving you their unvarnished feeling on Jameis winston yeah. Which, you know, it seemed absurd to think, it seemed like at the, when the way the season ended, some of the things they said weren't exactly complimentary, but weren't red flags. It seemed pretty certain that they were going to just at least transition tag him. But now you've heard this, you know, they weren't able to get a deal with Shaq Barrett and they're pretty committed to wanting to franchise tag him. I don't think they ever were willing to give Winston his, you know, thirty million a year long term deal that he thinks he wants to get. Right. I had always thought they were gonna franchise him for one more year. And with that off the table, I think that that is even poorer tidings for Winston going back. And I honest he's another guy it feels like he and Bridgewater are two guys that it's not that they don't have talent and it's not that they couldn't be decent fits somewhere. It feels like they're opinion of their own worth and market doesn't feel like it's in line with what i think the market thinks of them and i would not be surprised if those guys don't sign until post-draft well yeah definitely on winston i mean have you looked at his stats i mean he he's the best <laughs> he's the best he all he's got to do is eliminate the turnovers and he's gonna be the best so yeah 
Oh, that, that, that press well, conference Both still gets those me, guys so. seem like they're dead set that they're franchise quarterbacks yeah. and that wherever they're going, they want to be a starter. I don't think there's that many situations right now where it's clear cut that whoever comes in is going to be a starter if you take out rookie landing spots. Like Cincinnati definitely wants a new starter. Their starter is going to be Joe Burrow, and they're looking probably for a veteran to sit behind them, uh, you know, so that they have some insurance. Yeah. So you think, because I actually kind of agree with what you're saying here. I just want to make sure that we're, I'm understanding what you're saying. You think Winston probably has a better shot of signing a deal after the draft compared to beforehand, just based on, on where yeah. he kind of values him. Okay, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that because, like I said, for me it's – Well, I think they're going to have to moderate their, their market a little bit. Yeah. And, and when when spots – once you have those waves and you get post-draft and people have drafted their quarterbacks and you see where the actual openings are and what the actual market is. I mean, think about Tannehill. This time uh, last year with Tannehill going to be, you know – possibly cut free you know is he going to be some place go someplace teddy bridgewater is he you know the same thing was with teddy bridgewater last year and he actually had an offer to be a starter in my i think it was miami yeah and decided oh maybe this isn't what i want i'm gonna try to bet on myself and i think he's gonna be in the same kind of situation there's a lot of guys when you start these things that are like oh you know we have we have great market and then you you see where that market ends up going. The other one that's that's not on your list that I 100% guarantee is going to get cut free is Flacco. Oh uh, yeah, but I, I don't think I think with Locke there, I don't I, I don't think Flacco has any real value anywhere, especially with that back injury not being able to really play. I, I would imagine at best if he gets picked up by someone, he's still going. He's going to do the same thing. He's going to back up the quarterback. I don't think he's got any shot yeah. of being a starter. So yeah, that's why I didn't throw him on there. The only reason I threw Keenum on was because of that talk. There's a lot of talk uh, linking him to Cincinnati and Cleveland as the backup. So I just thought that was a yeah. interesting little well, thing that, to throw in there. So I think Cincinnati makes great sense. Case Keenum is a guy who historically has been a a very decent spot starter. Uh, is a very good teammate, seems to get along with people. He's a, an ideal kind of guy to put behind Burrow, or if you think you don't want to roll Burrow out week one, you know, he plays a couple of games and then you displace him. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing I think Cincinnati's looking for, and on that list of names, that, that makes the most sense. I almost yeah. think Mariota needs to make himself available to slip into that role because you never know when that role can lead you to something else. Think about Case Keenum was that role – when he went to Minnesota behind was Bradford. Yeah. Uh, and Bradford gets injured. Keenum comes in, kind of gets a spotlight shown, gets a, at least a couple of decent payday boosts. You know, I think if Mariota or if a Bridgewater, or if some of these guys were a little more open uh, to that, some good things would happen. I just think that's going to happen through the course of free agency taking its course a little bit. Yeah. And that's another reason why what you just mentioned with what he is kind of, just around the team as an individual and everything, I think is why there's been a lot of talk linking him to the Browns. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski has come out and talked very highly of him and, and that he would love to work with him again. I think he would be a, a great backup to Baker as well to kind of help him learn the system. So, like I said, I just wanted to bring him up. I don't think he's got a shot to be a starter anywhere, but uh, unless, as you just mentioned, he goes into Cincinnati, maybe they're not ready for Burrow to start right away, and, and he kind of gets in a couple games. But an interesting name to throw out there. So we've kind of touched on all of the main guys. There is one thing that I want to bring up because it kind of popped into my head as we were talking about Jameis Winston. 
Tom Brady has, for the most part, when he has signed his deals, signed right around thirty million, a little bit less, with the New England Patriots. It's been, you know, not he's not going to the top, but he's also not gone to the bottom. That's kind of the misconception about Brady and his deals. Whenever they say he saves a lot of money, he does save a lot of money, but he also still gets paid very well. He doesn't take like the worst quarterback deal in the league. What about Jameis Winston to the New England Patriots? I mean. If anybody can fix him, it's got to be Bill Belichick, right? Say that, you know, Bill goes in, sits down with them, and Winston, he's like, you know what, here, we're going to pay you right around $30 million for a couple years, let you rebuild build your value back up, and then you can hit free agency in a couple years, and maybe we'll bring you back. You know, that's not a huge hit. I know he was saying he thinks he's worth more than that, but, you know, take a little bit less, go to a team that's, you know, a perennial playoff contender. What do you think? Any any shot whatsoever that Winston may end up in New England if Tom Brady moves on? Okay, so let's say Brady goes to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and so Jimmy G, out of the question, San Francisco stands pat. And Rivers says no. I still think there's a better chance that they sign you to play quarterback in New England. Let's go! Come on! Bridge. Bridgewater, I could see, would be a choice. Winston, personality-wise, play-style-wise, is the antithesis of everything Bill's looking for. There's no chance that's, he, that's the so horse he wants to bet on. I think he'd be more likely to try to rehab Marcus Mariota than or Ryan Tannehill I than mean, he that would that'd be kind of James Winston. Because I don't, I don't think Jared Stidham's the answer. That's just my opinion. I still, I don't think they're going to be no, able Jared, to get a guy. Jared St- they're not handing the keys to the yeah. kingdom to Jared Stidham. It's going to be somebody on here. I could see him making a trade for Foles. God, okay, um, that's what I was going to bring up next. I, I don't think Foles moves unless uh, somebody aggressively comes to trade for him. I could see them making uh, that kind of a deal, trying to pull Foles. I could see him making a trade for Andy Dalton, who yeah. you'd probably get for pretty cheap. I could see him saying, hey, uh, Mike, you wanted to take my quarterback? I'll take your quarterback and screw you too. Uh, and and running it with Tannehill, a guy he obviously got to see play at Miami and then got to, got to scheme against. Um, so, you know, that's uh, – that's perfectly fine. I I just see no chance of going for Winston. Gotcha. Yeah. So Dalton and uh, my goodness, Foles were the two that I was going to bring up next because they're Jacksonville's already come out and said that they want to trade Foles, which is interesting to me because I liked Gardner. We we talked about him a lot. It's crazy to think, right? I remember. Earlier in the season when Gardner was on fire, we were like, well, there's no way that he keeps a job. Foles is probably going to get it back. And then Gardner started struggling, and then it was like, yeah, we really think Foles is going to get it back. And then I remember both of us at the end of last season were all like, yeah, they'll probably go into next season with a with a QB competition. Whoever wins it will be the starter quarterback. And now they're already giving up on Foles, who really did not look bad in that first game up until he got injured. Well, it's just I don't crazy. Know if they- I don't know if they're giving up on fools. <clears throat> I think what I saw was, or the discussion they had this morning is, if they got a a big lucrative trade offer, they were open to moving him. But I think they're also perfectly open to going into camp with fools and Minshew and seeing who can win the job. I yeah. I don't, you know, we liked what we saw from Minshew. I thought he had great. Potential. I thought he outplayed his draft position, yeah, but sure. he's kind of like a little bit like a Jacoby Brissett uh, in, you know, probably a little less than that. But they were 
happy with what they saw, but it's not like, oh, we're completely set. I think they're happy to have a quarterback competition and to have those two guys, or if somebody wants to give them a huge deal because they really need a quarterback and they want Foles, they're happy to to entertain that. And then I think even if they did that with Foles, they'd go poach somebody like a Mariota, you know, maybe then a Bridgewater gets a shot there. Maybe they're a team I would see more likely trying to make a run at Winston. Yeah. Then, cause you know, he's a Florida guy. They're a Florida team that struggles with getting uh, fans in the seats. I, I think their situation is they're fine standing pat, but they're also fine. If you want to give them something to get their, to get foals. I think yeah. they're not a hundred percent sold on Minshew, but they're giving him a chance going into camp. There's that's see, that's the problem with this market. I think there's a handful of teams that would be fine having some kind of a competition because they saw how it worked for Tennessee last year. Tennessee is a team that had questions about the durability and talent of their quarterback. So they took a chance and went and got a guy who had been a starter, who wasn't a huge alpha threat, who was a reasonable cost. They went in, they they kind of played camp that way. They saw how the season was going, and they made a switch, and they got into the playoffs, and they got all the way to the AFC Championship game. I think there's a few teams that are looking at that saying, hey, this wouldn't be the bad way to go. If you don't have a Brady, if you don't have an Aaron Rodgers, if you don't have a young franchise quarterback like uh, Daniel Jones or a Drew Locke or somebody that you took that you want to see develop, that's that's the situation I think the Raiders are in right now. They aren't afraid to go into next season with Derek Carr. I just think they're, you know, as Mayock said, I'm always looking to see how I can make every position on my football team better. And if they think there's somebody that they can grab that gives competition or gives them a chance to make it better. I mean, we saw last year Gruden took like he kept signing different backup quarterbacks, trying, seeing what his options are. Uh, you know, I think there's several teams that have a guy that they're not afraid to go out with, but that they they aren't sold is the answer. And that's what makes San Francisco interesting because I, I kind of think that's their situation, but they're just right. such a more high-profile team because they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be – it's insane. And think all this is going to go down in like 13 days. I mean, the whole landscape of the NFL could change. Just I don't remember the last time we've had like – this much possible movement with quarterbacks, which really is kind of we've seen the lifeblood of some franchises here, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. So uh, we're gonna end it there. Uh, we were hoping to get to tight ends today, but Tom Brady ate up a lot of podcast time today, so I feel like he kind of unfortunately killed our tight end um, free agency stuff. We'll we'll definitely jump into that next week. Hopefully, we'll be able to have. Uh, my goodness, uh, Tony with us next week. Uh, we were planning on having him with yep. us today. He couldn't join us. So hopefully we can have him and we'll jump through tight ends and running backs together. Is uh, Derrick Henry uh, is another big-name guy that a lot of people are talking about here. Might not be going back to Tennessee or could get franchise tag. All kinds of wonderful tight ends that we had on the list. So it'll be fun to get into those guys. As again, we're, we're just 13 days away from the kickoff of free agency. So, Matt, actually, before I get out of here real quick, I don't know how prepared you are for this. So I feel like I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Uh, I've already talked about I will be at the, the XFL game of the Renegades versus uh, the New York Guardians yep. this Saturday. You want to give us a quick breakdown real quick of the XFL games this weekend? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting slate, not um, not an incredible slate. Uh, I don't think we have the marquee game like we did 
uh, last week. The one um, that I'm making game of the week uh, this week is the early game on Sunday, uh, which is St. Louis Battlehawks at uh, our our DC uh, team. Uh, you know, our defenders podcast here. DC started out hot, two and zero. I thought they looked like a great team. They the wheels completely fell off the bus during that time. St. Louis has really rallied. They're three and one. Their only losses to Houston. Um, they look like a potentially legit contender. If DC wants to get back in the conversation and wants to get right, they are back at home. This is a huge game. Uh, even if they come up short, I want to see that they have some kind of a pulse. Um, to me, this is you know this is the biggest game because this is really going to determine a lot of where that Eastern Conference goes. Because you know you have Tampa Bay's one and three, New York Guardians are two and two, but I don't think any of us have thought they looked incredible. Uh, DC still has, for for as bad as they looked the last two weeks, they can still rally. Uh, this is the midway point in the season. I want to see what I saw the first couple weeks, which was a team that looked like they wanted to get after it on both sides of the ball. Um, we just haven't seen that heart and that spark uh, in L.A. or last week in Tampa Bay. And, I, you know, I want to see it uh, this week. So I'm really hoping for a good game there. Yeah, it's going to be going to be fun. We're getting closer and closer to the end of their season as well. Theirs goes right up to the week after the draft, correct? Am I, am I nope, correct on that? it or? is. Their championship game is the Sunday after the draft. The NFL after draft, draft okay. it starts April 23rd. The XFL championship game is the 26th. But gotcha. we are only a couple weeks away from Thursday night football being back in our lives. That first Thursday night game, I believe, is either week, uh, I think it's week seven, which this one is week five. Five, yeah. yeah. So I think it's, I think it's March 26th is the first. Uh, I think it's the 26th and the second, okay. or it's the second and the ninth. Yeah, it's got to be the 26th and the second, I think, are the Thursday night games. That first Thursday night game is going to be uh, Dallas and Houston, the rematch. Oh, okay. And a little bit better news, uh, Landry Jones, now they're saying, after some of the medical reports, that it'll be at least two weeks, and then they'll reevaluate. But that seemed a bit more promising than it certainly seemed like he was going to be gone for the rest of the regular season. I was bummed. Right. If he can track and do two, three, three weeks, you know, uh, he might be able to get back for that rematch game. And that was a phenomenal game. And if if we can get something close to that on a Thursday night on Fox, that's going to be as close as we come to uh, to prime football season during the offseason. Yeah, I mean, that's really going to help the, the XFL out, too, if they can put out a really good game on that Thursday night. Well. Matt, thank you obviously so much for jumping on me with me today to talk about the uh, the QB free agents. I'm looking forward to talking to you uh, on Monday. Hopefully Dennis will be back as well. He's got some stuff going on. So uh, for those of you, we won't have a Friday podcast either because uh, his, he's got some family stuff going on. Uh, so hopefully we'll all be back together again next week. Have yourself a good weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Yep, yep. Can't wait a couple weeks to see that all these quarterbacks go to different teams than we just talked about for an hour. Or they're all go back to the same spot and then really kind of just blow our minds. Brady back to New England, Winston back <laughs> to Tampa Rivers Bay. Goes back to, if Rivers goes back to the Chargers, that will certainly blow everyone's mind. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would definitely make all of this gas bagging be for nothing. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Prepare for glory!
I don't know if you got your pop on ready. Do you got your pop on ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly.